0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters Chris Scales. Good evening. David Hall. Hello, hello. Tony Groves.
1: Evening, gentlemen.
0: And special guest Nathan Lyon.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, welcome. All right, Nathan Lyon, you're the E. NASCAR driver for the Roush Fenway Racing Number Six, and the NASCAR uh, iRacing Coca-Cola World Championship Series. And happy to have you on the show here today. Uh, Let's start at the beginning and uh, get to know you a little bit. Uh, Tell us when you first heard the word iRacing, and then what did you do about it?
1: Well, it goes back to. Back in middle school for me, um, I used to, when I in my free time, I used to play those EA, NASCAR games, NASCAR racing 2003. Um, so I heard about iRacing, I think, back in 2010, 2009, and just after my birthday was when I signed up um, back in 2010, and just during my free time, I'd do some races here and there. And, and then um, once high school kind of came is when I stopped till about midway through college a couple years ago just because I didn't have the time for it anymore at that point.
0: Right. And so you've been on, uh, it's looking at your stats here on your profile page on the iRacing. Uh, You've been here uh, quite a while, um, and you were kind of uh, flat there for a few years on your iRating, and then you got back into it.
1: Yeah, I left there quite a bit um, to just kind of enjoy high school and college. And then once I had some more free time at home was when I started getting back on iRacing.
0: All right, winning percentage 28% overall on Oval. That's a pretty decent number. Uh, tell us about your uh, hardware setup. What are you running for wheels and pedals? Uh, are you VR or monitors and that kind of thing? And also third-party software.
1: Uh, for my wheel, I use a Logitech G27 with the shifter, so nothing too too fancy. I've, I've had G27 since I started iRacing, basically. Um, and I, I don't use any VR. I use a 27-inch curved monitor, and that's pretty much about it. I just have a little picnic table that I clamp the wheel onto and a monitor, and that's what I use.
0: Right. I and mean, what are you using for a seat?
1: It's actually just a wooden chair. It's the most uncomfortable thing, so during Coke races, I have to put like a pillow on it because um, it'll, it'll make me go numb if I don't.
0: Okay. And then uh, any problem with the pedal sliding or anything?
1: Actually, since I have carpet in my room, so that those little uh, spikes at the end of the pedals do a pretty good job, actually, of just clamping it to the floor. So usually, I don't have any issues.
0: Okay, and um, very good. So let's get into the next thing. Uh, what about the third-party software? Are you running TeamSpeak or Discord or any other kind of software?
1: Yeah, we uh, we use TeamSpeak for the races for our, our spotter and team. Um, I use... MoTec for for testing to get the uh, everything right for the car and that's pretty much about it. And of course you're trading paints like everyone else has to be able to see paints on the on the track.
0: Yeah, of course. Okay. Let's shift gears and talk about uh you know, your team uh dead zone. You know, you're with a uh, uh some heavyweights over there and and you're running the roush six car and I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. That's a championship car and team, so to speak. Uh, is there any added pressure as you were able to get into that ride this year in 2020?
1: Um, to be honest, not really. I was more excited just to be a part of the team than anything. I I didn't really feel any pressure because that's, personally, that's the expectations I have anyways to win races and championships. So I wanted that, you know, on me, I guess, um, that a little bit of pressure to, to try and get up there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Zach did a great job in that car, and uh, and then it was good. It was good to see that you got it. I thought you deserved that's a nice ride. And then tell us about your team uh, around your car and your setup. I mean, uh, do you have a spotter who spots for you and a specific crew chief or anything like that?
1: I don't have a crew chief. Um, usually, Dustin and Houston are with Casey and Blake, and them. Um, usually I just kind of make the adjustments on my own. Um, and then as if last race at Tree, I had Gonzo come on board and, and help me, which was a, a huge help because before I just used the spotter, which in, in, those races, everything happens so fast. So most of the time the spotter doesn't call, you know, two or three wide. It's kind of, um, aggravating at times. So having Gonzo come on board was a, a huge help
0: oh yeah and so um yeah if there's any coke drivers out there that need a spotter let me know and i'll help you out yeah i think you all you guys need human spotters at this when you're at that level anyway i would hope yeah all absolutely. right all right very good tell us uh let's backtrack to before season um and you guys got to go to charlotte and uh participate in meeting uh, not only your fellow competitors but i racing and nascar brass and stuff so tell us about uh your experiences there and that kind of thing
1: it was awesome to meet everyone um i was definitely itching to, to, to meet everyone just because these are people you've raced with for years friends that you've grown friendships with over the years so to actually get to meet them and hang out with them for the weekend was really cool um got to meet you know team owners and and stuff like that like the the roush guys and got to um, of course meet denny and Um, Saw Steve, too, uh, at the Media Center, which was cool.
0: Okay, and then what kind of meetings were there? Like, did you sit down with a NASCAR person, and what kind of things did they tell you guys?
1: Sure, um, so we had stations, basically. It was a two-day event, and um, each station was like, you know, like a podcast or pictures. Um, There were competition meetings, just getting everyone on the same page about the rules and the schedule coming up. And they asked us, you know, if there's anything that we we would like to have in the series in the future. It's just kind of stuff like that.
0: Okay. Very good. Um, what do you think of the direction of this? I mean, does it really elevate the series? You know, now that NASCAR has kind of really embraced it, and now we got the Coke involved and, and all that. Um, it, it's so much different than it was just a couple of years ago, huh?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy. It's, it's so exciting to be a part of with how big it's starting to get. Um, I mean, the viewership last race was crazy. With the numbers, it was more than the first two races, I think, combined. So um, it's definitely starting to get up there in the viewership, which is cool. And we get to go on TV at the end of the year, which is really cool as well, Um, just like those all-star races last year. So that should hopefully help us out a a little bit
0: too. Okay. Let's backtrack to before preseason, Pro Series. Man, uh, tell us about your Pro Series uh, and the win at Homestead. Uh, you were, you know, third in points. And if I remember right, you were on fire, like for four races in a row there that you could have won and like, you know, things happened. Tell us about that run.
1: Definitely. Um, the pro series was just a ton of fun in general because it was, for one, it was very competitive there. Obviously a lot of people got back into the, the Coke series that were running up front doing well. Um, but it, it had a low downforce package. So it was something completely different than what we were running in, in peak all last year. And um, basically, it was it was more of my driving style. Like, I really enjoyed it. And I had a lot of fun with it because of that. Um, when you're able to drive off the right rear instead of the right front and you have a lot of time off throttle, it's, that's the stuff I really enjoy doing. So it was just more, more fun than anything else. And when you have that kind of confidence, too, when you're just out there having a lot of fun, I think it helps your results a little bit just cause you're out there driving, having fun, not worrying about a thing. And, um, those last four races, that's kind of how it was. Uh, I should have won. I think, um, I led some laps at Dover, but Graham was definitely the fastest out of everyone. So he, it was deserving that he won. Um, Charlotte, there was three cars that were really quick it as it was me, Cody, um, Jeremy or Allen was really quick too. And I had some good track position was able to lead a lot. And then I ended up, uh, overshooting the corner on a late race restart and the, Gave the, the win to John, who was also really quick, so I kind of passed him again if I wanted to. Um, Darlington, um, my teammate ended up staying out, and he just had a lot of wheel spins, so we, we just got a black flag, which um, ended up actually costing me a, a lot of points, because if that didn't happen, we have been, I think, right there with with Graham and Ray for the championship. And um, Homestead just kind of went in there for fun and was able to drive around and, and
0: end up getting a win. Yeah, that black flag really uh, was a bummer because, you, as you said, you were in position to win not only the championship, but maybe, you know, the, perhaps the championship as well, but those, all those races, you were definitely, you know, in the mix. So that was cool to watch and, and to see you, you know, get yourself back into the Coke series. Pretty cool, to, uh, and that was fun. And then the Homestead, tell us about Homestead.
1: Yeah, Homestead was a ton of fun. It- it was a race that I knew that I couldn't get the championship. I mean, Graham and Ray would have to wreck out early and finish 39th and 38th or 40th or whatever. And so I just kind of went out there and raced and um, we had a really good car too. Uh, Slip angle had a had a really good car as well because they're trying to get Blackford in the series and Casey Tucker. So it was basically us just kind of battling them the whole race and it was a lot
0: of fun. Okay, very good. Yeah, it was a fun one to, to watch as well. Okay, so let's fast forward to this season, uh, the Coke series. And, um, you know, you're with Roush, you're in the six car. Um, you're expecting big things, like you told us. But we got some tough finishes 23rd, 23rd, 29th. Let's kind of walk through those. What happened at Daytona? Um,
1: Daytona, it was an awesome race to be a part of because of how competitive it was. The whole pack was racing 3 by 3 the entire race. And um, I figured there might be a wreck not not off of somebody make a mistake but even something as small as latency you know a uh, small little netco could junk half the field so i just kind of chilled back around 20th to 30th behind a pack and i um, was kind of waiting for the rate the the wreck the whole race and uh it just didn't happen so we finished 23rd
0: okay yeah and that last lap mess you know was kind of a mess and then what about the next race there 23rd as well
1: yeah, Auto Club, we had a really good car. I, I think we had the second or best, third, probably the second best car, I think, in the, in the field. Um, the Team Connie guys were really quick. Uh, of course, though was really quick as well. But our, our guys were able to dig through the field and dead um, zone, and we had a really good one-stop strategy working, which I, I think that would have gotten us the top five if it went green. But then it actually ended up working that caution come out because we got to stay out with close to fresh tires. I think we only had five laps on the tires. And uh, I was just kind of mind my business, just kind of trying to save my tires because I knew they had a tire vange on me. And um, I got put three wide on the outside. And just a, a little bit of net code, just hardly a little tap of net code from the 14 car just made me go up the track and ended up hitting the wall a little bit. And that damage was just a complete parachute um, with being wide out at uh, Fontaine almost the whole race um i was just a parachute and, and dropped from i think i was like 10th at the
0: time all the way back to the 20s okay very good and uh and then we come to the current race and of course uh, perfect timing i think uh, evan Pasoko is about to join us here evan are you there
2: yeah i got you guys how's everybody doing
0: hey thanks uh so let's talk about the current race a little bit um, and, and, uh, of course, Nathan, will I'll ask you it in, in just a moment about how your race went. Uh, but first let's talk pre-race a little bit, Evan. Uh, you had none other than, uh, uh I think he's VP now, Ben Kennedy, uh, on your, uh, your broadcast, uh, talking about, uh, a, a big, uh, news story coming up.
2: Yeah, we had the uh, the opportunity there and we were really kind of encouraging people to make sure they were tuned into the broadcast right at the top of the hour because we had uh, Ben join us from home to officially announce what people had kind of heard some whispers of uh, leading up to that. Uh, that there uh, we were going to have the uh, eNASCAR nascar IRAC to Pro Invitational Series this Sunday. Uh, and at that point, though, even on Tuesday night, we were still kind of ironing out some of the details behind. Uh, obviously, it's been, you know, a whirlwind trying to get everything together. But obviously now confirming um, what we had known at the time, but we couldn't say right away, was that uh, it'll be 1.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, this Sunday on FS1. So uh, it was really cool to have Ben uh, give us some time to... Uh, announce that kind of a big uh, official announcement uh, on the broadcast and uh, obviously that's going to be a great event
0: okay well let's jump into the event started off with uh leahy luza alfala clamp at top five in that first run clean and green they spread out uh 40 laps in some cars were fading on older tires and there was some coming coming and going
2: Yeah, there was. And of course, you know, it was a different kind of race compared to what we saw in the fall. A little bit of a shorter race, uh, obviously daytime conditions. uh, But of course, as well with the new tire model is, uh, you know, we're going to see these cars come to go. It wasn't everybody kind of stacked up on top of each other. And honestly, at that point, we thought we could have been looking at a race that, you know, could have stretched to green the distance. I mean, the way that it did uh, kicked off and, uh, you know, uh, we'll get to the pit stops, which uh, had some chaos in their own respect Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a good start to the race. Everybody kind of mined their P's and Q's. Again, everybody's still trying to figure out Um, you know how to work in traffic I know that uh, certainly Nathan can attest to this that uh, the track position was going to be key uh, and everybody had kind of been harping on that right from the get-go to start up front and obviously finish up front and we saw some guys come and go, and certainly but uh, if you had a fast race car and you started up front I think the biggest thing was kind of keeping yourself inside of the top five because if you get any further down in that in traffic it certainly made things a lot more difficult.
0: Yeah, I think I've noticed at Homestead this week the first run's touchy on a green track, but once some rubber gets on it, the sets kind of come in. But uh, it was about lap 44 when green flag stops uh, started. Uh, Interestingly, uh, Steve Sheehan uh, gave us a great replay where he accidentally stuffed it into the barrels at the beginning of pit road, and then poor Casey Kerwin had nowhere to go and just plowed right in. No caution for those guys, but uh, like you said, action on pit road.
2: Yeah, Randy had made the point of mentioning that uh, you know before drivers would have to use that access road uh, on the inside of three to four, exactly how they do when they get out of the pit lane uh, off at one and two, uh, and that is no longer you know the restrictions or whatever. So drivers, you're actually you know on the banking essentially, still up above that white line, trying to slow it down. But uh, I mean, he he just got in a little bit too hot, and at that point uh you know maybe it's you hit the eject button and you bail uh but but he tried everything he could to get it in and unfortunately got into the barrels and uh, you know Casey had had nowhere to go and uh, got collected in that one uh, and as far as you know as embarrassing admittedly as that probably was for Steve I don't know if everybody in here has seen his Twitter video that he posted yesterday uh but he uh, he he made some pretty good light of the situation and, and can laugh about it now and Uh, you know, you kind of pick up the pieces and uh, move on. I mean, uh, you're not going to see mistakes like that out of these, you know, this level of drivers all the time, but uh, everybody makes mistakes and, uh, you know, it happens.
0: Yeah. And it's tough getting on pit road here. It gets real flat down there (laughs) and uh, it's real easy to stuff it in the barrels. Anybody who's run uh, these races know uh, exactly what Steve went through there. So uh, don't feel too bad uh, that he did that. He was trying Uh, about eight drivers stayed out to kind of stretch the fuel and try to make it into a two-stop strategy. And so obviously giving you guys uh, a lot of stuff to talk about with pit strategy.
2: Yeah, because, you know, with this package, I mean, the restarts are exciting and, you know, you kind of pile everybody else on top of each other and it's, you know, it's easy to watch, very entertaining, but uh you know I've always been a fan of when races can go green and we see that strategy play in and I know you know it was a race that was certainly uh, kind of set up to go for the two stop strategy and uh, in any race, when you do have a little bit of wiggle room and the tires have made it, uh, you know, that much more so where it's not necessarily, you know, that limit on your fuel is kind of the limit on the tires. So it's going to be a cut and dry strategy either way that you did have that little bit of, of free space and uh, you end up with a, a handful of drivers staying out. Uh, And try to make it, uh, you know, to maybe even to the halfway point in that race, uh, which would have been awfully tight. And, you know, you catch yellow here and there, and it certainly helps. And then eventually, uh, when we did see uh, the caution to flag, uh, it it helped out some of those drivers. I mean, it wasn't all guys back in the 20s and 30s who had stayed out. I mean, you know, you had some decently uh, fast race cars that were uh, still out onto the racetrack by the time that Luza had even cycled back to the lead at that point. Uh, but uh, it just seems like it's a 50-50 shot if we get through a green flag cycle to pit stops or not. And for as many drivers who benefit from the time of the yellow, there's equally as many cars, uh, you know, that are on the losing end of that and, and kind of have their race shuffled up uh, because of the time of that caution.
0: Yeah, and we had a lot of NASCAR fans watching uh, that haven't seen this before, and they got entertained with, uh, if they're paying attention closely, Luza ends up leading uh, Leahy after stops uh, when Leahy was leading before stops uh because he did stop one lap prior and kind of short pitted him and uh and that cycled Ryan Michael Lusa to the lead uh very that was really fun to watch and uh, see how that played out but Nathan Lyon tell us uh, what happens next uh, you actually bring out the caution with a what it looks like a flat tire
1: yeah that was a sketchy moment it um i n- i've never experienced it before so i did not really know what was going on i kind of felt a loss of grip the lap before but we're 60 something laps into a run so i kind of figured with with how our set was it wasn't the best on a long run you know it just i've been falling off a little bit more with on in the final laps then um coming out of four before i I spun out in one my tire went down and i tried cutting into the pits but the the tire's flat so the wheel just went straight so i i slowed down uh, i was backing down my pace but actually with the flat tire, the car started bouncing a little bit, um, like a basketball almost. So it was hard to slow down the car. And if I put any wheel into it, just wanted to spin out, which is what happened in one. Then, um, I ended up just kind of going back onto the track just a little bit. And when it did it, it bounced my car up into the sky and gave me about a, a little bit over a minute of damage. So I was able uh, wasn't able to recover from that.
0: Damn. And, uh, did you happen to see the tire percentage wear after that?
1: Yeah, it was it was at zero.
0: Zero, it, wow, flat wow. zero. I don't think I've ever experienced that yet, but it was astonishing to watch because uh, in iRacing, I don't, you know, I don't think we're used to flat tires yet, right, Evan?
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's new with the the new tire thing. I mean, we always had joked in the past that you know if somebody's screen blinked out or a wheel disconnects and and they drive off of the fence, like that's kind of our version of a flat tire, or a mechanical thing. Is something going wrong with your sim? Um, but that's new with the tires. And, uh, that's why you'd mentioned that the fact that it is a little bit less cookie cutter on the strategy with fuel being a lot more possible, maybe than what is uh, a good idea on tires. And, uh, I had seen it happen a couple of times, not on any broadcasted stuff that I had done since it had, uh, you know, come to, to play, but I, you know, seen clips that people have been posted on, on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, I think that's probably the first flat tire we've had in series history.
0: All right, Nathan, uh, Number one on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pressure's on. Okay. Uh, let's keep going. Lose a clamp at Leahy, Zelensky, Sherburn were the top five on the restart. But then a quick caution for Kane Cook. He got tagged. Uh, and a couple cars had touched, and he got tagged. Uh, Keister and Allen uh, involved. Uh, three stayed out. Uh, back to green lap on 76. It was Zelensky, Sherburn, Low as the top three.
2: And at that point, I thought it was, you know, you you get the caution, even before we went back green uh, at at 76, you get the yellow, uh, it breaks things up, and then you get another caution shortly thereafter, and then you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, well, maybe it is going to be a lot of this, you know, start and stop, and uh, you know that's when you can throw all of the the strategy and the preparation out of the window, because if you're, you know, short-running it to the end, I mean, we've seen races uh, finish like that. Uh, in the past but uh, instead these guys were able to figure it out and, and put on a good show for that second half
0: yeah and some fantastic racing for the lead uh 30 to go Ryan Michael finally gets by Zelensky. uh they were side by side he kind of inched it in there just barely on the inside uh made for a great uh highlight video that NASCAR has been rotating on social media but uh that ended up being the the race for the win
2: and and we had made the note right when it happened. Did we uh, use it as our, our Coca Cola move of the race? And I think that uh, although loser would say that maybe his uh, actual pass for the position earlier in the evening. Uh, on the pit lane and, and getting back up into the picture would have been uh, his if he had the decision on it. But yeah, uh, you know, drivers had done a good job of giving each other space and uh, not in that battle. Uh, luckily, we saw it happen live. And I know Luz was kind of parked right on that left rear quarter panel, which I know, Nathan, you could attest to this as well. I mean, that's what you do in real life. But in the sim, you you really don't. I mean, you, you guys race tight. There's no question in that. But It can be a little bit sketchy on how close you can get to somebody to try to get that uh, air off of them and get that draft. And uh, uh, he was maybe an inch or two off, and it worked because he was able to get the job done real quick, and then he kind of ran away from him.
1: Yeah, definitely, because especially, too, um, sometimes you have to bring latency into it. I mean, every now and then, you know, someone will get a a little bit of a lag spike, and if you're racing that close, it will take out the car next to you, so you have to be careful,
0: too, and monitor that. And after that, uh, you know, Luza was slowly pulling away, about 25 to go. Um, it was fun, though, to watch other battles that, because some people pitted. Uh, Diaz was coming up through the field, man. He had pitted and uh, it was like Superman flying through there. But uh, I think the, the thing with Zelensky is he, he stayed out when some others had pitted and he had to actually stretch on fuel and he had just a little bit soft, you know, older tires and that was probably the difference.
2: Yeah, because he started from ahead, obviously, when we went back to the green flag there. And uh, I mean, when you get that long run to the end, you're going to be able to feel that difference. And uh, I think Lusa was like 10th or 11th or so uh, by the time that, you know, we, we restarted for uh, that you know that second half of the race, basically, to the run to the end. And like I said, I had thought that when we got that second yellow in a row, that we were going to get a couple. And maybe that's what Bobby's thinking as well. is that, hey, I don't need to, you know, kind of abandon this track position quite yet. And, at the end of the day, he was still able to put up a fight for it. Uh, you know, did get a good result out of it. Uh, I know not a win, which is what he would have preferred, but uh, that's racing. You know, next time out, it'll uh, it'll flip in the other direction, and you'll kind of have that bit of luck on your side, and you'll be the one with the better tires. There's really no way to predict that. It's uh, it's all kind of a guess, and uh, it just so happened to uh, not be in the cards for Bobby on Tuesday night, and, uh, you know, for, for Ryan, he ended up being in the right place at the right time, and he had the speed that he needed to, uh, to take advantage of that opportunity and get it done.
0: Yeah, and Logan Clampett, I mean, he's probably wishing for a longer race. He was coming up through there. He got by Zelensky for P2 with 18 to go. Uh, 12 to go, it was Luza, Clampett, Lowe, uh, Leahy, Sherburn Zelensky. It appears the cars that didn't stop on that last caution were, were saving fuel, and they, I think we heard afterwards that they were. But uh, Luza wins it, I think, in style, because he was certainly gapping those other guys at the end. And then it was Clampett, Leahy, uh, Lowe, and Sherburn uh, let's go ahead and hear your call here of uh, the final.
2: This time he's going to be on the money at Homestead, Miami. Final time at a turn four. And for the 13th time in his career, lose a winner in the Coca-Cola I Racing series, he gets it done tonight at Homestead. It was different than uh, what we saw in the fall. I'll give you that much. But like I said, uh, you know, I'm I'm a fan of when uh, this... I mean, listen, I'm not going to complain when we're three, four wide and you know, a Michigan finish or a Fontana from last year and, you know, any of the plate tracks, certainly. Uh, but I'm I, I'm kind of a nerd for the, the strategy and, and how cautions affect things and how it plays out. And uh, as I mentioned on the call there, it was uh, the 13th win uh, for Ryan. So I think he's just one behind uh, Nick now for for second all time. So that gives us, uh, you know, more storylines to talk about as the season goes on with 17 weeks left. Uh, there's a, a ton still uh, to come.
0: Absolutely. Uh, post-race, uh, Tim Clark, uh, I think he's VP of NASCAR or something, but he told us, uh, he got 280,000 views and 1.1 million minutes watched. That's up, uh, significantly, a hundred, uh, a hundred uh, K over the previous two races.
2: Yeah, we had seen uh, about 180,000 people tuning in uh, to the first two races of the season on average, and you have to keep in mind that the way that this series is streamed is it's kind of everywhere. So, uh, you know, it's on NASCAR's Facebook, it's on iRacing's Facebook, it's on iRacing's YouTube, it's Twitch, I mean... You know the the actual. Not to mention, of course, all the the drivers who are streaming and you know given their onboards and whatnot. But uh, for the way that uh, it actually ends up playing out in practices, there's so many different avenues for people to watch the streams that uh, NASCAR actually has their numbers. On uh, on you know what the viewership was so uh, a bump of one hundred thousand is not bad I think it, you mentioned accounts for over a million minutes of watch time and uh, because that also goes up on all those channels after those were the numbers you know twelve hours after the race so uh, you give it a couple more days and it'll continue to grow I know uh, NASCAR has been posting a lot of classic races on their social channels and there's a couple of iRacing races that actually have more views uh, than those you know races from the 90s and 2000s that they're posting so obviously. People People are uh, watching it; they're engaging with it on on social media, and you know, when you're NASCAR and i racing, that's all you can ask for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we got the points. It's Zelensky, Crowder, Lihi, Low, Mullis as the top five. Uh, Nathan, let's turn to you, Nathan. Line running P thirty in points. I know you already talked to me offline about you're already working on Bristol. So uh, what are you doing to uh, you know prepping for the next event?
1: Um, Actually, I spent a couple hundred laps just kind of run the track on, on a fixed seven. Uh, so we had last year just trying to to see how the track is because they with them changing the tire model, it now changes the, the track completely, Bristol does, and we also have low downforce as well. So we have to drive the track a, a little bit different than last year already and trying to see if I can get the bottom working again, if the middle works good, or if you got to rip the top.
0: So um, that's kind of how it's been going for the last couple days for me. All right, Nathan Lyon, I appreciate you coming on and uh, getting to know uh, you a little bit. Uh, good luck in the Coke Series. Uh, like I said, uh, you know we're looking for you to do good things. We saw you do great things at the, in the Pro uh, Series, those last four races, and uh, I'm sure you'll catch fire like that again. Just keep hitting on it. Uh, tell the people how to follow you. Are you on the Twitch or the Twitter or what?
1: Yeah, um, right now I'm, I'm not streaming. I don't have my stream stuff set up yet. Uh I need to get one of those like backgrounds behind me. So um, once I get that, hopefully I can get streaming on Twitch soon. Then, but for now, I'm I'm on Twitter at Minds Choice. Uh, If you want to ever contact me or follow me, uh, you can find me there.
0: All right, very good, Nathan Lyon. Good luck in the Coke Series. We'll be rooting for you. Uh, I'll let you know that you know Ashton Crowder came on our show, and then the very next race he won. So I'm hoping you can uh, pick up on that.
1: Yeah, that, that'd that be awesome, especially at Bristol. It's one of my favorite tracks, so uh, if that could happen, I'd I'd be pretty happy. I think I might be back on the show if that happens, too.
0: Okay, very good. Good luck out there. I know you need to get to a practice so we can get you out of here, so have a good one.
1: Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, all right, then I'd love for you to stay because we got some news this week with the coronavirus and NASCAR shutting down, basically everything shutting down, all sports, Uh, it's been a crazy week. Let's kind of go through it in chronological order. Uh, right off the bat after NASCAR canceled, uh, Atlanta and Homestead, well, I guess postponed. Um, we got a race put together pretty quick. Um, it was called the replacements 100 and they ran it on Sunday and, uh, boy, what a race. William Byron, Dale Jr., Alex Bowman, Bubba Wallace, um, you know, Cup drivers Justin Allgaier, Ben Rhodes, Harrison Burton, Justin Haley, T.J. Mer- Majors, and other uh, NASCAR personalities. Chad Knauss, uh Kevin Hamlin, and of course the winner. Uh, uh, what do you, Joshua Williams? And so, uh, what did you think about you know what happened so quick with the replacement one hundred? Yeah, a
2: lot of that comes down to a big uh, tip of the cap to to TJ Majors and Kevin Hamlin, who were kind of the architects behind that, because obviously we know now uh, what iRacing and NASCAR had to be working on behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, a bunch of people were asking on Twitter, you know, uh, there's this community event going on and there's that community event going on. You know, is iRacing going to kind of promote any of it? And uh, they weren't, obviously, because they were working on uh, the big deal for this upcoming weekend. So that entire event... Uh, was total grassroots and from the community. There was, you know, NASCAR wasn't advertising anything for it. I-Racing was obviously uh, retweeting stuff and talking about it on Twitter and whatnot. But, I mean, that is 100% just the community of the sim racing community and the NASCAR community as well. Of course, when you get the crew chiefs and the drivers and the spotters and kind of all those real-life figures in, Um, I think at one point, the the broadcast had peaked at about 27,000 live viewers, uh, which is, I think, the most live viewers for an iRacing Twitch broadcast uh, ever. Um, So it was obviously a super successful event. uh, And, you know, James Pike and Jacob Seelman and all the guys over at Podium Esports uh, did an incredible job on covering that. I tuned in uh, and watched it as well. And and it was a ton of fun, and it sounds like they're going to be doing more of those. So not only are you going to have the official stuff, Uh, But it sounds like that with, you know, at least, uh, you know, a month and a half without NASCAR racing, um, that there's going to be, you know, so many more community events. And I don't know if they'll be able to capture the magic like that first one did. You know, it was kind of a a super cool thing to see it all come together. Uh, But there's going to be so many community events that if you're uh, worried as a race fan that there's not going to be content to watch, I promise you uh, that uh, you are going to have your plate full uh, for the next few weeks.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this was kind of the organic, like you said, because uh, we knew the NASCAR fans would be watching because they're, you know, they're hungry to watch racing. They're stuck at home, you know, and that kind of thing. And so everybody was talking about it. The NASCAR media, the media, the sports community. We had new uh, Fox News cover it, ESPN, MRN, uh, all kinds of different outlets uh, were talking about this. And because... There's not a lot going on in the sports world. And and it's certainly, you know, when Dale Jr. is involved and those kind of people, uh, people are going to talk about it. Let's move on to the next one. We found uh, that Speed 51 and Elite uh, did the Pro Am Jam, and that was over at speed51.com. And they had all kinds of drivers like Christian Eckes, Tyler Truex, Ryan Truex, uh, Coleman Presley, Ty Gibbs, uh, and lots of other. Uh, Garrett Smithley, other NASCAR personalities uh, were involved, and so that was a pretty neat event. I actually missed it and didn't get to watch it. And
2: I caught only a couple of parts of it and as well I've seen everybody on Twitter talking about it and that's one of the cool things as well is you you have these events that the community's putting on, but something else is you'll notice a lot of the names that competed in that event. Competed as well in the uh, the replacements 100, and they're going to be uh, in a lot of the other stuff. Is uh, you know they just love any sort of i racing event. Uh, you know, obviously uh, a majority of those names are people who are already engaged in the community. I mean, you can bump into half of these drivers, uh, you know, NASCAR guys in hosted in official racing as is, uh, but they're kind of you know locked in and and all in maybe is a better way to put it on uh, being with the community. So I've also seen a lot of stuff on Twitter the last couple of days. Um, where there's leagues who, you know, just run weekly and they're broadcasted and they kind of do their own little thing. And, uh, you know, there's drivers but like, hey, can I come race for a week? So uh, I know that I do uh, Monday night stuff with the Real Super Racing Full Throttle Cup Series. We broadcast on race Spot. There's been a couple of uh, NASCAR guys that might want to join us on Monday, so I can't confirm anything, but there's been some interest there. Um, and I can also say with Speed 51 that we're working on an event Uh, For next weekend, that's not official yet, uh, but should be another uh, unique event in partnering with some of the uh, the real life drivers and tracks and whatnot. So um, it's just like I said, more stuff. Um, If you enjoy watching sim racing. Uh, just be on online and it, you know, the forums as well. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can find out about these events. You're probably going to miss a couple just because there's so much going on. Uh, I know Joe Gibbs Racing is doing an event uh, this evening. And of course there's, uh, you know, Vargas's truck event and there's another replacements race coming up. Um, so many different uh, things. So even if you can't watch all of them, uh, just make sure you're out uh, supporting people who are uh, helping us promote sim racing right now because I think it's a really big time for us.
0: Yeah, and there's even events going on that are not broadcast. Tim Duggar, the Nashville, Nashville singer, uh, he had a stock uh, street stock race at uh, Rockingham, apparently with TJ Majors, Dale Jr., Clint Boyer, and Kyle Long, among others, uh, according to Twitter. And then Ryan Vargas, you mentioned that he's an uh, Xfinity driver. He was one of the guys that started early on saying, hey, I want to organize a race. And that took off, and that's actually going to be happening about 30 minutes from right now. Uh, tonight and so uh, that's going to be 100 laps uh, and uh, there's all the same kind of people like we've been talking about are going to be in that one Um, but that's pretty cool. Uh, Right after that Jeff Gluck announced that NASCAR has banned simulators uh, for all the drivers but apparently that doesn't include iRacing.
2: Yeah, so that only applies to the, the manufacturer sims uh, that drivers use. And obviously, even drivers who have iRacing, uh, when they test on iRacing, that's nothing that's really sanctioned by the team. They're not, uh, you know, they don't have their sim rigs at the shop, and that's their official testing. The, uh, you know, Chevy, Ford, Toyota, they have uh, manufacturer testing. And, uh, you know, to get rid of that in the wind tunnels was so the uh, the more well-off teams, uh, you know, can't do hours and hours and hours of testing to, Uh, because that's kind of a private thing. Not everybody has access to that. iRacing is a consumer product, so you can (laughs) practice as much as you want on it. Um, And, you know, you're going to have, you know, the drivers competing in these fun events. Uh, I think more times than not, drivers, real-life drivers, when they're on iRacing, they're on iRacing to have fun. And then they'll also do a bit of testing when they go to a new track here and there, even the, the younger drivers, I think more so will lean on it uh, for the driving aid and the learning ability. But um, yeah, iRacing's fair game.
0: Yep. And then we got uh, sneaks about uh, this coming Sunday throughout the week. Uh, Adam Stern, who's always uh, breaking news on NASCAR uh, initially reported early on that NASCAR was working with iRacing to set up a race uh, with the drivers. Um, And then later on, uh, of course, uh, iRacing announced the Pro Invitational Series um, that they're going to be running on the Fox Sports 1 that you mentioned this Sunday um, at Homestead. And um, there were many other articles, including Auto Week, uh, who who talked about they were going to do it. Uh, We even saw uh, some of the uh, simulators that the drivers are going to be using on Twitter, Uh, Chase Elliott was getting ready in a sim craft, a six DOF rig. Uh, it was on Twitter, and it actually the twit got deleted. But I remember we sh- we talked about it in our thread. and uh, Pretty cool looking rig. And then Jimmy Johnson was showing off what he's running.
2: It's super fun, and the fun thing is, you know, there's a lot of drivers who already have their sim rigs. You know, the guys that do it all the time, or the people that you saw in the in the Sunday event. Uh, But a lot of a lot of these guys are either just ordering their sim rigs now and you know like getting them delivered and and like if you're a sim rig builder It's a good time of the month right now Um, But also a lot of people are just renting sims I mean there's some of these people with sims the people that make sims that like hey Do you want to use our sim for this race and they're just giving them the rig? for this event on Sunday. Now, it sounds like this Invitational Series is going to be a couple of weeks, um, so then maybe they're going to have to, uh, you know, buy their own, and, uh, you know, the Cup guys don't have any issues being able to afford some of those real nice rigs and that. Uh, but it's uh, it's real cool seeing that people are sharing rigs. Uh, people are going over to somebody else's house or to a place where they've got a couple to participate in the event. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the array of, of rigs that are used, as well as how these guys who have had limited time either on iRacing in general, you know, a Chase Elliott or somebody like that, or are just on a different setup than what they're used to, how they can adapt and, uh, you know, try not to embarrass themselves on uh, Sunday.
0: Okay. Well, Evan Pasoko, we're happy to have you come on and talk uh, eNASCAR with us. And it's been a crazy week. Uh, iRacing's done blown up uh, with the NASCAR world anyway. Um, It's been pretty crazy.
2: It has been. And, you know, we've seen... Uh, a lot of incredible growth, um, in the eNASCAR space the last few years. Uh, you know, I've only been a part of it since 2017, um, you know. But obviously, it growing with the uh, the addition of the Heat Pro League last year, and obviously on the iRacing side. I mean, it's trend, it's been trending up as is. Um, there was really nobody who could have seen the current predicament that we're in coming, uh, you know, to this level, or at least you know more than a couple of weeks in advance. I mean, a year ago, if you told me NASCAR was going to be shut down for two months and it was just going to be all iRacing events on TV, uh, I would have been like, well, that sounds great, but I don't know about that. Um, but it is. And and this is something that can uh, trickle down not only from the the you know the novelty, I guess, aspect of having actionable drivers compete, but as well, I think it can trickle down uh, to the Coca-Cola iRacing Series drivers and their events and uh, iRacing's membership numbers. Uh, have been skyrocketing the last year, uh, to now to the point where there's over 110,000 members on the site. uh, And that's only going to go up and up and up. And what benefits the people at the top, the cup guys, trickles down to the pro iRacing drivers, trickles down to the people who, you know, compete at official iRacing, to the people who just go on to have fun. I mean, any sort of exposure that eNASCAR and iRacing specifically has uh, is fantastic for this community. Uh, And I can't wait to see what else is to come out of the next month and a half because this last week has felt like a month in its own with all these different events and news and uh, everything that's been coming out. Uh, So uh, I'll be tuning in uh, on Sunday as best I can um, because uh, I'll be helping out behind the scenes with some of the logistic stuff and and getting people ready for the broadcast because we're, you know, NASCAR or iRacing is producing the broadcast, sending it out to Fox, but we're using all of Fox's talent. Uh, So I'll be helping out in the background uh trying to coordinate things and to make sure everything's in so if i can't actually watch it because i'm too busy working i'll i'll go back and watch it but uh 1 eastern fs1 uh this sunday uh it might be the biggest I racing event we've ever seen so uh hopefully uh, everybody tunes in and checks it out
0: i'm sure it will be considering the people in the race and uh, we just announced before recording that jeff gordon and mike joy and even uh Uh, pull your belts tight one more time uh, guy he's going to be on as well and so it's going to be all the normal fox people Uh, i imagine the fox graphics as well so it's going to be very very interesting similar to what we saw with nbc
2: yeah and i just had an opportunity uh, i I can't say too much about it but i was uh, talking with regan smith a little bit ago uh, on a project that uh, NASCAR should be uh, – some content that NASCAR is going to be putting out tomorrow uh, related to, to eSports and eNASCAR and, and just talking about um, you know the community as a whole, but talking about the Bregan specifically about what we're expecting out of Sunday and, and Fox's involvement because, of course, last year we saw uh, NBC jump on board when we did the two All-Star races, and, again, that was still all our Coke drivers with just Parker tossed in, and then, of course, the finale – uh, you know, there was no uh, pomp and circumstance about it. It was the championship race. Nobody else was tossed in. Uh, but it'll be the first time that we've seen, obviously, uh, the household names competing uh, on iRacing at once. We've had our pro-invitational events in the past. We've had, you know, 20 cars and a 30-lap shootout. I remember as well uh, the Tony Stewart uh, Mobile One virtual showdown we had at Pocono a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, Sunday's Sunday's going to be really cool.
0: It's going to be big. All right. I'm glad you're involved. Uh, Good luck, and we'll catch you on the next Coke race.
2: Yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks.
0: Okay. David, let's uh, switch gears. Let's talk about some of the other motorsports out there besides NASCAR and what they're doing with uh, iRacing. We had the Supercars announced that they postponed their events, obviously, but also launched an E-Series for those guys.
3: Okay, and you have lost me on the script.
0: Oh, the (laughs) Supercars? Yeah, they postponed as well. And uh, they've announced that uh, with iRacing, uh, an event at least uh, three uh, series long or three weeks long. And uh, a lot of their regular drivers are going to run it, just like we're doing here uh, with the NASCAR thing. So um, we're not, you know, there hasn't been as, as much, uh, you know, social media on it and, and so forth. But uh, they're doing something very similar. I don't know if it's being broadcast, though.
3: Yeah, I see it now. I was I was actually on the next item. Sorry about that. But yeah, I, I mean everything is closing and just about every uh, just about every series except for F1 as far as we know is is jumping on the bandwagon because Supercars has their E-series and also IMSA is broadcasting a 90-minute race that includes a lot of real-life IMSA champions as well.
0: Yeah, so this Saturday, uh, they're going to be uh... Uh, doing an event uh, like you said, ninety minutes uh, at Sebring. So uh, I don't think it's all the drivers, but uh, they did have quite a list. And so we had an announcement from uh, Greg West. It's uh, also on the IMSA Twitter. Uh, they said uh, stars Barbosa, Foley, DeAngelis were among the early entries for the IMSA Super Saturday, is what they're calling it.
3: Yeah, they're pulling from both They're pulling from all of the series, kind of similar to the NASCAR series. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to have top level IMSA drivers as well as drivers from the Michelin pilot, uh, division.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be streamed on the iRacing, uh, eSports network, YouTube, Twitch kind of thing, but also on something called the Torque show on Facebook live. So, uh, what do you think, David? I think this is for open to everybody.
3: Oh, if that's the, I didn't realize that that was the case.
0: Yeah. I was trying to tell you that in chat before that I think you should run it
3: well, I think I will.
0: I think it's just like an official series; like anybody can join.
3: Okay, I thought it was just going to be an invitational kind of like, uh, kind of like the other races. Which brings something that I was going to mention as we were talking about the the invitational series. Uh, we've we've all gotten a chance to run in NIS with with Dale, and I've also gotten to run with TJ on in in an IMSA race actually. I, well, it was the it was a BMW race. I'd like to encourage all of the. The drivers, I, I know they still have family lives as such. I'd like to encourage them all to try to run the the NIS with us. It'd be That would be just a great way to interact with the fans while still being socially distant.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in fact, Jimmy, when he showed his, uh, Jimmy Johnson, when he showed his rig this today on Twitter, I replied and said, hey, dude, come join us in NIS today. It starts in an hour and a half. I'll get I'll even hook you up with a setup, you know, but I, I imagine these guys need some seat time to get ready for that race.
3: Well, for the guys who have not done it regularly, um, there's some, you have to spend some time getting used to the cues that tell you what the car is doing that, especially if you're used to actually being able to physically feel it.
0: All right. So that IMSA super Saturday. Let's get involved in that. Um, my schedule changed. So I'm off Saturday. I might, uh, at least watch it. We'll see. Uh, Tony Groves, we got, uh, let's get back to regular news that's not related to Corona. Uh, tell us about the World of Outlaws.
4: Yeah, we got them. Uh, the World of Outlaws uh, iRacing Championships coming back, and they are starting on this coming Monday, March 23rd, and will run. It looks to be every Monday up yep. until the uh, May 25th. So we got we got ten races. Um, I. I didn't check this out at all last year, but there was a—you guys were talking it up like crazy, though. So I was certainly missing out on some on some good dirt racing. But uh, I'm looking through the list of guys, and I'm seeing some um, recognizable names, anyways.
0: Oh yeah, you got you got Coke drivers that are crossing over, Logan Clampett and Zach Novak. You got last year's champion Alex Bergeron. You got real drive, Dri- uh, brothers, uh, Cole C- Cabry, and uh, what's his other brother's name? Chase Cabry. Yeah,
5: I'll be curious to see how these guys can handle these things because it's hard enough for some of these real life guys to come in and, like Davis said, just kind of get used to the cues. But man, it's it would be even more so on dirt, man. They, if they put on, they do put on such a great show. I didn't get to watch uh, much of the world outlaw stuff last year either, but I wish I did. Yeah, so, so Monday stuff. nights.
3: Some of the really talented guys can, can jump across the, the different disciplines really, really easily too. I'm running this major series this year and, uh, Blake Reynolds is just right at the top of everything, everything in every race, no matter what we're doing, whether it's a front wheel drive car at the Netherlands or obviously he's, he's great in the stock cars.
0: Yeah. And then Logan Clampett, he also runs the rally cross championship as well. All right, let's jump into a podcast. Uh, the Nate Ryan uh, podcast uh, on NBC. It's actually uh,
3: it's podcasts, but it's on YouTube. Uh, Nate Ryan is he still with ESPN or no? The uh, NBC. He's, he's with NBC now. He used to be with with ESPN. Um, he has a sit down with Parker Kligerman for about thirty minutes, and they go into a really in depth discussion about esports. And Nate Nate Ryan is a NASCAR beat reporter. Okay. Um, so he's he's
0: he's he's doing whatever he, he can the, do. Uh, <laughs> well he's doing all he's he got do,
3: but he is he is a NASCAR beat reporter and he's he spent an hour or half an hour talking with Parker uh on all things i racing. They they got in a discussion about how many people were viewing. Uh they they got into a chat about uh a letter that Logan Clampett wrote after one of his disappointing finishes and how how professional it sounded coming from a teenager um and he talked about what his job is as an owner trying to help the guys develop a spoke about how much time they spend practicing and why it's it it is so important to those coat guys on the same level as when you put a million dollars into a car they may not put the same amount of time into the car but I mean, I'm sorry. They may not put the same amount of money into the car, but they they put enough time in that that time is money and time is value. So uh, that definitely puts the stakes up there.
0: It's it was interesting to see how the motorsports beat reporters are are they have to talk about iRacing racing because that's all there is. There's nothing going on in motorsports, zero. And so, of course, Nate, you know, uh, is all over it. And so he did a, a really nice uh, podcast. Uh, I listened to it. Enjoyed it, and it's 100% about iRacing. It's not like... It, it, previously, when he talked iRacing, it was, yeah, we're talking NASCAR, we're talking iRacing too, but this one is exclusive. I mean, it wasn't about NASCAR. It was about iRacing.
3: He was also very prepared and had his had his notes, had his research, and, and you could tell he knew what he was talking about as he
0: spoke with Parker. Yeah, check it out. Okay, Chris, release notes for Beta.
5: Um. Yeah, just a few... Um... Patches uh, for AI racing single AI races and AI sessions now correctly prompt the user to update all content used in the session. Uh, for create a race, car incident warnings may now longer no longer exceed car incidents. Uh, for leagues, default sorts were not being saved when returning to leagues page, and for teams, they fixed an issue basically where um, for password uh, team sessions you weren't able to join. Um, because of that password. So that has apparently been resolved.
0: Okay. And then we have hot fix number one, Tony Gross. Yeah, it's
5: just a, a quick hot,
4: hot fix that dropped. Um, uh, first was uh, rendering, they reduced the sparkling effects from lights at night. Uh, a few fixes to the broadcast mode uh, where headlights could have a ghostly bloom. Um, another one was shadows at night while in broadcast mode and another issue where low resolution particles and processing effects were freeing and recreating render targets every frame Um, baseline setups been updated for the hpds and aerodynamics while in traffic have been adjusted for all the cup cars and the hell rx i am not trying to pronounce that everyone knows what i'm talking about Uh, they improved normal uh, bump map for gravel area edges
0: can we just call it like the norway rallycross track
4: i'm going with hell because i like saying hell, hell. hell's yeah. a fun word
0: it's a reason to say the word hell okay but uh the other thing that's fixed that is not documented is the lfe uh bass shaker thing uh it was definitely toast before they this release and then it was working great for me after that and i had to like reset up the volume levels in the app I&I, I, you'll see bass shaker, and there's several different things that you can turn up and down, like uh, the volume of the engine or the volume of rumble strips or the volume of pit limiter and so forth. And so I got it, I think, dialed in where I like it. Man, it's a big difference. And I don't even have a bass shaker. I just have a big subwoofer, uh, and I have it set up like surround sound with the uh, two front computers uh, speakers, and it just sounds awesome. I, I can't believe how much of a game changer it is for me. So, if you haven't tried it yet, fool with it. Okay, let's jump to uh, Season 1 Oval Series Stats. Uh, looking at 2020 Season 1, some interesting stats uh, put together by none other than Rob Crouch from Australia. Again, he's great with the stats. And this first bar graph, guys, is telling. uh Overall participation, and you look at 2019 all year long, flat 30,000. This season, 2020, 40,000. Big jump. He also has some great numbers uh, where he lists the series and how many drivers uh, run in each series. And uh, he also uh, lists how many of those total drivers were full season people that ran. Most of the races and uh, some interesting uh, numbers when you look at the hundred percent, you know, on down uh, as far as that goes. And so, like, for example, the NASCAR iRacing series open, which is our series, uh, 27 percent is uh, full seasoners. Uh, So that equates to 656 people that are really running it every week. Uh, total drivers, though, 2,370. That fixed number was way up. Yeah, and then fixed is like double uh, what I just said there. But 29% is full seasoners. Uh, what other notes uh, jumped out to you on the stats, guys, uh, on the oval side? Anything else?
5: I guess that, so that doesn't sound like a lot when you say. 25 30% of the people made it through the whole season, but it's actually a lot compared to some of the other series, like the 12 week series, say a NASCAR iRacing Class C 1.2%. Right. Uh, the national series 4.5%. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but pretty much, I mean, it's triple um, its closest competitor, which is the, the iRacing Class A, which is a 106
3: And then a lot of the non-completers are probably people who come in to either road course ring or uh, maybe just run the plate tracks.
0: Well, if if you take out the 200%, which are really the championship series, of course they're going to run 100% of the races. But you take those out of the equation, NASCAR iRacing series fixed and open is at the top of the list as far as people who run full season.
5: Yeah, and it's by far the longest, which is you would think it would be the opposite. So that's kind of neat.
0: Yeah, I I love that dedication, exactly. Okay, let's jump to the road stats. We also were published road stats of a similar season one. Uh, What jumps out to you there, guys, uh, besides uh, the... the, If you don't look at the World Championships, uh, Grand Prix Legends has the most uh, full seasoners at 19%, followed by the iRacing Endurance Le Mans series.
3: That was not a surprise, because if you... Generally, if you're going to, to commit to running a six-hour race, you're going to try to do the whole season, uh, if you can find people to regularly run with. Uh, the, the first stat at the top also shows the same growth that the, that the Oval series had.
0: Almost 10,000 uh, from one to the other, from season four to season one, it looks like. And uh, that is great, you know, to see you know, how high that is. Um, very cool. Okay, let's keep moving. Chris, uh, we got a video, the top 10 highlights for February.
5: Yeah, I recently put up another top 10 highlight video. Um, pretty good one again this month. Uh, it seemed kind of long. It was only like five or six minutes, but it has a lot of long clips, a lot of full lap um, replays, of some really good uh, battles.
0: I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed watching it, as usual. I, I think... Uh, uh, the guy who puts these together is just brilliant with video editing and uh, the music, uh, the the screenshot, you know, the the camera angles and all that. Very cool.
5: Oh, yeah. The quality has always been top of the line since, like, the, the first one all the way
0: to now. They're always great. And then there's a the one guy, uh, I think it was number, I don't forget which one it is, but the guy, you can see him up in the corner. He wins the race at Daytona, just barely, and, at like, he, like, he literally crosses the finish line. And he's like pumping his fist, and he jumps up out of his chair. He's not even stopped. The car is still moving at and you know 80 miles an hour, and he just gets up from his chair and walks away.:
5: Yeah, that's why they have to have those face cans and all the pro drivers so we have we can see when that kind of stuff happens. He had a nice, like, I don't know about rig, but he had a nice chair and background and stuff too. They probably break, almost broke when he was slamming around after he won that race.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we got 12 hours of Sebring results. David Hall.
5: Um,
3: I'll Sixpence to whoever can guess who won. <laughs>
0: same as usual.
3: Yeah, Josh Rogers and Mac drove it up to the top in the uh, top class. Uh, and we also have uh, on that tweet the same team, several other guys brought home fairly top finishes as well. They had a P3 for Dave, Tommy, and Pascalis and a fifth for some of those i'm sorry i misread that mitchell and jeremy finished that's Mitchell jazong finished p3 and then dave tommy and michalis finished p5 so they took three of the top five spots on that team um and they also had the gte winner as well and i'm not going to read off the the twitter names but you can check the notes it was a bmw m8 gte that took the win
0: those are the same uh, same guys as usual. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy with the highest eye uh, rating ever.
3: Well, it's Patrick Holtzman. That one you oh. can read.
0: And Graham Carroll. Yep. And Frederick who, Rasmussen. The guys who can run it. All right. Um, Tony Groves. Don't forget that NIS is broadcast on Friday nights. Yeah, that's right. Um,
4: Simspeed Live is uh, broadcasting the, the top split every every Friday night on uh, YouTube.
0: And we had a driver in that top split last Friday night. I went to the broadcast to watch it. Uh, It was two hours and seven minutes. I had trouble finding uh, his particular incident. But uh, as I was looking through the video, I was impressed. I think if I have time, I'm definitely going to try to uh, pick this up into my regular viewing habits. Yeah, I didn't notice
4: it until i was um looking at it on the script so yeah, it's 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 two hours so i really didn't have a chance to to look at it and then friday nights is when i usually race um, so I, I wish i could comment on the on the production value of this um, can you give us any insight on on that is it is it similar to to what we're used to seeing
0: oh yeah yeah i mean it, these guys rock i mean they're they're as good as podium or uh, you know what uh, you know evan and those guys are doing uh, they're, they're definitely one of the better broadcast. Uh, I love the call. Those guys are, uh, following the strategy and everything. And so, yeah, it's v- definitely worth watching. I would love that the, if the NASCAR fans would pick up on this, uh, because, and, and they put it on the iRacing esports network. And, uh, I, I think that even, um, maybe NASCAR might've, uh, retweeted about it, but I bet this week, Uh, NASCAR is going to be all over it, you know, trying to get something out there.
4: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, now is the time to shine. Um, So I guess, uh, well, obviously I won't be able to watch it Friday night because I plan on racing, but um, Saturday I'll be sitting around twiddling my thumbs trying to dodge household chores. So uh, I might be able to sneak this in and check it out, and I might be able to have something else to say about it later on.
0: Pretty cool when you have official stuff being uh, broadcasted. All right, let's go into housekeeping notes. Due to the coronavirus, my job at Verizon Wireless has shifted to home base. I'm now working from home starting tomorrow. And the new hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Therefore, we had to move the podcast recording starting next week to start at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays to accommodate my new schedule. I appreciate everybody on the team uh, working with me on that. Uh, this is temporary. Uh, you know, after this is all over, I'll be back to hopefully uh, working at Verizon, not at home, and uh, a different schedule. Uh, don't forget that we have show notes in the description of the podcast where you can follow along visually. And uh, I'm still looking for listeners to kind of crowdsource for me. Send me those links. Man, There's so many stories this week about the crossover from NASCAR. Man, I need some help, guys. Send me links by email. Email only at iRacersLounge at gmail.com. I only need a link. I don't need nothing else. You can send it with just a couple clicks on any smartphone. So, I appreciate the help there. Uh, I also, this week, got to guest host the Burning Rubber Radio Show over at the PMN this week. Uh, Pretty fun. I got to interview jordy lopez jr who won the first road to pro top split race at daytona and he told us about his event there and and so forth i also got to talk about some of this nascar stuff blowing up uh this week and it was pretty fun uh, working with those guys steve thompson and and those guys over there at uh performance motorsports network
4: will
3: this computer run iRacing?
0: Not now. Okay, that's our cue for hardware software. First up, the formula, CSX2 wheel, uh, is in promotion again on social media, and I thought we would talk about it. Now, we have covered this before, but I just can't stop myself, guys. It's so beautiful. And the way they present it on the website, uh, as you scroll down, it's a very high-quality website with uh, lots of good information about how Uh, the features of the wheel and and whatnot, Uh, several different pages they have uh, in succession as you go through them of different high-quality photos of the wheel, Um, the display, uh, the different parts and components that it makes up, and then finally the price, 1,500 euros. But uh, what do you guys think?
5: Expensive. Expensive, Lucy. So many buttons. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of buttons. <laughs> I don't know
4: different it's of buttons. Out
0: VR. <laughs>
4: it's not round enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, that do. Can we have an oval wheel that's kinda out of control like that? Yeah. Not round enough. Let's go into some other extreme. Chris, uh the four DOF extreme four by four panoramic.
5: Yeah, I couldn't even get a price on this one, so it's probably too expensive too. But it's really cool. It's <laughs> the way i describe it it looks more like it would be originally made for a flight sim than a racing sim because it stands probably a couple feet off the ground has four hydraulic points that are um moving you around up in the air and so when this is one of those rigs where you say why would you need a belt well this is one of those rigs that you would need a belt because it can move
0: i mean the, the the four things holding it up in the air are big i mean they're long uh, and they have a lot of movement uh, available to them, and what's also cool, I think, is the monitors are, are attached, and so they're moving, everything's moving, the whole cockpit, monitors, wheel, everything.
5: Yeah, and you can kind of piece part this, but the monitors come with the rig, so you know that they're going to be mounted right, which is probably why they come with the rig, because this is not, with the way this thing moves around, if a uh, do-it-yourself, where they probably end
0: up flying off. And at the bottom of the Website, They do have a YouTube video showing it in action. Check that out, guys. Uh it, What's amazing is how far up off the ground he is. And there's so much up and down available with this motion rig. Like, he's like on this dirt doing drifting and jumps and stuff. And it's got some up and down to it. I mean, it's like moving a good 12 inches or so, or more.
3: And that front right uh actuator is, is well over at, at 18 inches up already it's got to be
0: right i mean it's got some play to it is is a, i guess what i'm trying to say uh we're pretty cool with the pro dirt trucks and stuff
4: well now this this rig here is total badass i mean like we, we've been covering a lot of uh the box stuff uh lately this is
0: way more than
4: that oh this is this is kind of nice it's kind of nice to take a little step aside and and see something like this like um like yeah it's it's huge you're gonna feel absolutely everything and oh i mean i don't i don't i don't want to see a price because this is way out of way out for me but um this, it's just awesome the videos are 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 crazy and i just love to just try it once just just give me a few laps even um, and <laughs> I want to bounce it off a wall and see what that feels like.
0: And the way sure the back uh, the back ones kind of connect together at a point, I think that allows like a traction loss kind of feel where it slides the back in from left to right.
3: Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of range of motion, and I'm sure at the price range this thing probably falls. They could probably include a ladder for free for you to climb in.
0: Yeah. yeah. Website is motion-sim.cz.
3: So we have an Instagram post. Uh, the ultimate professional racing simulator from Fast Track Sims. And it's called, it, they branded it the P1R, and they, they boast that it can replicate any GT road race car or stock car. And so basically we have an Instagram, oh, it's a scrolling Instagram picture. I just now noticed that. Um, so we've got a front view. He's got huge triple monitor, curved monitor setup. I can't, it's got a sparkle seat. I can't tell if it's motion or not. It's got a nice button box built in. It's not 8120. It looks like pretty heavy-duty.
0: It's uh, a sheet metal kind of. sheet
3: metal type thing. A thick um, sheet it's, metal. It's, it's, it's half an inch thick.
0: Yeah, very thick sheet metal kind of look. A uh, uh, powder-coated uh, paint.
3: This last, I'm not sure what this last picture is. That's some kind of That's the clutch.
0: Uh, we've talked about that before. A clutch he's developing, a mechanical clutch. The one with the orange on it, that's the clutch. But the other thing about this setup is the pedals. If you can get a view of the pedals, guys, uh, there's one picture that has them, the the overall one. Those are hydraulic custom pedals that he develops for these rigs. The other thing to notice is the base, the steering wheel base, which I think is a SimuCube too, is down at the bottom below the pedals. And he has like a steering shaft like a four or five foot steering shaft that comes up to the wheel. And the brake pedal is more shaped like a uh, regular
3: car brake pedal. It's a very love wide. Love it. Brake. I, did,
0: I love this. And, and the other thing I love about it is the triple monitor mount, which looks to be freestanding and separate from the rig, but it is solid, 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 man. I, I would love to buy just that triple monitor mount to put over my current rig. How much? That's what I want to know. I didn't look it up, but FastTrackSims.com is their website. We've talked about them before, but boy, when they put up some eye candy like that, I just... Whew. Do we have any cheap rigs on the list today? Tony Groves, you're next.
4: Well, we got the uh, the SimRig SR1 motion system review. So I think it was last week that we... Uh, part one. Part one yeah. was, was building of the chassis. And now we've got um, the review of him putting, a, putting all the uh, the motion stuff together, and it's another well in-depth um, review, unboxing, put together, and testing at the end. It's an hour-long review goes into the full detail of absolutely everything, including the software. Um, I uh, once again I didn't watch it because, man, I would just start drooling. This is the part that these are the parts of this that I love. And I can't afford it. I really can't. so um, I, I gotta play ignorance on it, but um, I mean he, he, he goes through goes through everything, tells you what it all does and um, yeah, be <laughs> if, if you're looking into to getting getting one of these setups, this is like the uh, this is the video to watch.
0: So you say not affordable, but you know he actually Barry tells us at the end, this is probably the most affordable, you know, D-Box style uh, on the market. And he shows a screenshot near the end of what it cost for the uh, motion system with software, €2,900. Euros. Now, that doesn't include the eighty twenty cockpit. That's the motion system you bolt to the cockpit. But for €2,900, Euros, I mean, it is affordable if you consider other motion rigs and what they cost
4: oh yeah i'm i'm sure but i i think of
0: that's still uh, a lot yeah
4: <laughs> you switch that over to canadian it's like you know half a million dollars
0: and check out the the in-use uh, pitch video at the end where he's running the dirt cars and he shows the the movement uh, of the four corners It it is a really high quality d-box style setup and for the price, man, it's pretty good. And it looks like it just can be bolted onto any kind of eighty twenty cockpit. It doesn't have to be theirs. It could probably be a sim lab or anything.
5: It looks snappier than the more expensive rigs that we've seen. I don't know how well it holds up, but I mean it looks solid and yeah, it looks I don't know, like it reacts faster.
0: Yeah, you'd consider this three DOF. And so I think the last one we were looking at with the big one was that four DOF. This would be a three DOF. For under three thousand euros, pretty cool.
4: I just really want to build it. It just looks so much fun just to put it together.
0: Okay, and we're skipping, I guess, fantasy this week, Tony. Dang, I guess we have to.
4: Well, yeah, there's not really a whole lot to talk about. I mean, it's <laughs> a car is a
5: fantasy right now.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, for anybody listening that still wants to jump in, I mean, this is a great time to do it because you're not you're not missing out on any more racing or anything like that. Um, and there's still going to be plenty of racing to, to catch up. Uh, so you're certainly not behind. You are a little bit of a deficit, but, um, now's the time to get in. Cause, uh, you know, w- once the racing starts, gets starts going again, um, starting out at the bottom, it's, it's going to get tough to, to hit the top of the leaderboards. Um, once they get going, but now's your, now's your chance. Get in, yeah. join us, have some fun. It'll be great. And, uh, Looks like we're uh, we're going to be giving away some stuff. I know Greg's got a hat he's itching to get rid of, and um, I'm still in the works on something up my sleeve here. I wonder I don't
3: know. if the guys on uh, over at NASCAR could actually set up leagues for the Invitational Series.
0: So I have no idea how they're wor- They're probably working in conjunction with it, but let's move on to results uh, NASCAR iRacing Series. Uh, let's finish up Atlanta. I ran with my buddy Nick Williams on Thursday Fixed. Uh, it was P28 for me, man. I don't even remember what happened, but uh, Nick Williams, he got P14. Said he ran around in the back trying to learn and keep the car clean and got involved in an incident later in the race, but no major damage. Uh, drove up to P14. Friday Open, David Hall, P24.
5: Yeah,
3: just not a good race. I don't uh,
0: don't have my notes pulled up at the moment. Okay, so it said you got caught in an early wreck, nowhere to go. Yeah. Uh, I got P23. I didn't put any notes. Another bad race for me. Uh, Tony Rochette, he got wrecked out. Tony Groves, uh, you had a good run. P10. Well, I don't if I'd call it a real
4: good run. Um, I was two laps down, but, you know, I'm going to take that finish. Um, But the takeaway that I got from that race is, you know, our setup was loose and I'm typically terrible with a loose setup, but that tidbit uh, that Chris dropped, I think he dropped on a podcast a few weeks ago um, about just like your minimum uh, force feedback or something like that. But I'm telling you, that has made a world of difference for me because um, I'm able to catch when the car's getting loose, I'm able to catch it a lot sooner. It's not getting so snappy on me and I'm able to, to recover and, and actually drive it. And, um, you know, even though I was two laps down, it's cause I was caught up in some, some crap early on in the race. And I just had a hard time recovering from that. Um, I was really having a lot of fun wheeling that thing around and, um, you know, I was making passes and making moves. Cause even though I was two laps down there was lots of guys for me to race that were two laps down. So we were. You know, we were battling for those positions. That was a lot of fun.
0: And I didn't even realize it because I was having a bad race. But Nick Williams ended up P2, rode around and caught track position at the right time, saved tires, and started charging to the front. It was just one second short. Great run for Nick after so much bad luck uh, recently uh, to get it finally turned around uh, for him that day on Friday Open. Uh, Shifting to Sunday Open, uh, Tony Rochette P4. He said uh, Atlanta was fun on long runs. And then David, P2.
3: Yeah, I had a great car, great set. Uh, the leader was just faster. And uh, sorry to everybody for the technical issues on the, on the background music there. I don't know why, but it's coming through too loud, so I just
0: had to kill it. Okay, but nice run, P2. Sunday fixed. Uh, I actually missed the race um, due to circumstances, but uh, Nick Williams ran. Got a P14. He had to pit for fuel running in the top five as he came up two laps short on strategy. Uh, Came out of the pit's P19. A bunch of cars also ran out of fuel, so came back up there to P14. Let's move on to Homestead. Wednesday open, uh, Nick P33. Battled loose condition. Received a stop and go for passing under yellow when the car I needed to let by had passed me before the commitment line. Uh, Put myself three laps down and got worked up trying to make up the time overheated the right rear, and the car shot into the Turn 2 wall. Unfortunately, Mike Ellis was near me, and I took him out with me. So, yeah, I ended up wrecked in what Nick uh, hit the wall there. I ended up P20. Uh, I did have a human spotter, Ryan Eckstein. Thank you for uh, stepping up. I always run better when Ryan's on the the call uh, on the headset with me. So uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, David, you also wrecked out.
3: Yeah, I had the set just a little too edgy, and it popped around on me a couple of times. And uh, I bounced off the wall, I think, about eight times, keeping my wheel turned to the right as the entire field passed by me. Um, and, the, yeah, it just it finished off the, the car. Um, went back and had to
0: make some adjustments to it later. It was just a little bit too loose trying to get it set up for the long run. Yeah, and then Greg uh, got wrecked out as well. Uh, but he also had the same problem with Nick uh david we were talking about that earlier what went wrong it had to do with the pit entry road as For far as uh well greg oh, and nick okay.
3: yeah well, what you have to be careful of with it miami is you're no longer required to enter from from the uh access road when you're going into the pits and so some people take the access road under caution some people don't um i the, you could imagine whatever reason. Sometimes they just do it because they're bored. Um, and if you're not paying attention to the guy who you're supposed to be behind, and say say you take the access road and they go up high, uh, and you pass them, and you go in the pits, well, then you're going to have a penalty.
0: Yeah. So don't use the access road is really what it comes down to. I mean, you can, but if, you, if you're separate from the car, you know, if they're on the track and you're not... Like you said, you just got to pay super attention.
3: The approach I would take is just stay behind the car that's in front of you, whether whichever way he goes. Even right. If, even if you're not going to pit. Well, actually, if you're not going to pit, you can pass him.
0: I stay on the track, right? The Probably the, the best thing is just don't use the pit road entrance under any circumstance. But um, that's how I would probably do it going forward. All right, uh, Tony Rochette, uh, P21, was running... Top ten, and had a car slide across his nose, and it overheated after a few laps. Went down three laps. He did make back two of them. And then Chris Scales wrecked.
5: Yeah, I just, um, I wasn't very quick anyway. I was um, in uh, the set David had made, and it was just, um, it was a little too edgy, a little bit too loose for me. So I was just kind of hanging on to it most of the time. But it was fast, and I was just kind of hoping for a long run that got um, kind of pinched in between. Another car in the wall and just got clipped, but man, it caused like seven minutes damage and hurt the motor
0: really bad. Okay. And then let's talk Thursday open earlier today. I got P18. It was a tough race. I, I actually got sideswiped twice by drivers who literally cannot hold their lane. Like I'm side by side with them. I'm definitely in the upper lane. I'm definitely giving him more than enough room below. And he still just wipes me out, just totally wipes me out. And then in the second incident, it was the other way around. I was on the bottom, and I was like right against the white line, like literally on the bottom, and I still get totally sideswiped. And it's just so frustrating when you're holding your line and you still get taken out, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, the green flag stops had uh, just started. I just stopped. And immediately the caution came out. So I had to take a wave around. Uh, I was P-22. I made it up to 16th on the green-white checker, but got killed in one of those wrecks. And uh, just no luck at all. Um, and on top of that, uh, I ran an A-open David, uh, with David and others uh, the night before. And I actually got dead last in that and got killed on the first lap by getting sideswiped. So it's just been a, one of those weeks uh chris scales you also wrecked out t-bone
5: yeah it was um and it was probably a, a lot of my fault anyway for being 22nd that late in the race because you know guys are going to be aggressive and there's going to be wrecks and i had put myself back there by uh, my my rift was just not on quite right and maybe a little too tight but it was giving me a headache so i pitted early to fix that and then was coming down pit road under caution later, and a guy was just to my left, and I tried to still hustle into my stall a little too much and slid through when I probably could have just lost a second if I would have just braked a little bit and let him go. But, yeah, eventually there was a wreck in front of me I just couldn't miss and just got a guy right in the door, and that was the end of that. My luck has officially run out.
0: (laughs) No more zero incidents, that's for sure. No, not at all. Okay, and then David, P3.
3: Yeah, uh, we had a green-white checkered at the end, um, and uh, the winner actually kind of stole the race because the guy that came in, in second was the dominant car. Uh, i I made some adjustments to the set to try to get rid of the, the the looseness without putting too much burnout on the right front, and it worked pretty well. It wore evenly and uh, was really fast in the long run. So I'd, I'd lose a couple of spots on, on most of the restarts, then uh, just run everybody down. And there was an easy adjustment to make on the pit stop before the green-white checkered.
0: Okay, and then Bobby. I,
3: sorry, I do sit third on overall still in the, well season, Division two.
0: Yeah, I need to get me a finish tomorrow, that's for sure, uh, or I'm going to be uh, choking on the points. Uh, Bobby uh, Jonas ran with us. He got a P5, nice run. Uh, kept giving up spots on restarts, he said, all day long. Uh, there was way too many dive bombers and guys were just tossing it into the turn and praying there's a car on the outside to catch them was able to run through the field at the end I uh, wish we had about five more laps uh, probably would have been third good run for Bobby uh all right let's let's uh, get into final thoughts uh Chris Gales
5: um not much I'm um- it kind of sucks this uh coronavirus thing kind of that it sucks for what it's doing to the world and the economy but it's going to be really good for iRacing i think so we have that silver lining and um so there's probably gonna be a whole lot of new guys on there so try to help them out and show them the ropes and don't be a dick
0: and tell them to listen to iRacer's lounge Uh, we gotta get these new guys on man
5: (laughs) that's where they'll get that's that if they want to be pro they need to listen to iRacer's lounge i'm pretty sure that's how it
0: works yeah and then i just tell all the listeners please tell everybody that you race with once in the race about iRacer's Lounge and that's how you get the word out all right david hall final thought
3: uh coronavirus (laughs) that's yeah um yeah i'm on a three-week vacation now but it doesn't feel like a vacation i'm getting to get to to race a lot but the circumstances definitely not something to feel good about uh so I guess we'll do what we can to take advantage of it while we can.
0: Yeah, it's bad for everybody, but good for iRacing. That's about it. But it's been really good for iRacing. Okay, Tony Groves, final thought.
4: Well, I've uh, found some kind of zen while I've been racing. Um, I know last year, boy, my, my temperature would just go from cool to boiling hot in a matter of about three seconds. And, you know, although through all my races and stuff, I've been, uh, getting caught up in in wrecks and i've um, caused some myself um, i've been able to keep myself just pretty calm i mean you know I, I throw out some good cuss words when it happens but um i don't totally lose my cool and and stick it out and it's raw. It's, it's really been paying off but um i've been uh through that i've been noticing my my driving has actually gotten a lot better and um i i hated the the Aerodynamic setup and you know everything last year, but this year I've been, I, I've seemed to have found
5: something that I've really enjoyed about it.
0: All right, well, that's so good.
5: Because he also found marijuana, which is legal in Canada. Oh, well, that might help. That. <laughs>
0: okay, there you go.
5: Found it growing in his neighbor's backyard. Harvested it.
0: Okay. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, thanks to uh, Evan Pasoco for dropping by as usual. Uh, his insight into what's going on is certainly valuable. Like you said, he's working behind the scenes to prepare the Fox sports guys and uh, that kind of thing. So it's very, very neat to have him on. So thank you to him. And uh, thank you to Nathan Lyon uh, from Roush Fenway uh, coming on as well and, and telling us about uh, his run. And of course that, that great four race w- uh, run, at the end of the pro series, where he was just on fire, on fire. So, uh, pretty cool to see Nathan. I'm sure he's going to uh, check out again. So, good luck to him. Uh, my racing, uh, man, I got to get some luck at Homestead. I got to get a finish Friday, um, or I'm probably going to have to start running Sunday mornings. But I guess I'm off work now, Sundays, uh, which is unusual for me. So, maybe I will start getting up, uh, setting the alarm clock, and get up early Sunday morning at 7 a.m. and uh, get on track my time and uh, we'll see how it goes so maybe I'll start running that event as well Uh, if I get a good finish Friday may I'll probably be sleeping in but uh, definitely going to be watching Fox Sports 1 on Sunday at 1 30 p.m. Eastern guys we need to come out guys and show uh, Fox Sports and NASCAR and everybody uh, how many viewers are actually interested in watching actual NASCAR uh, drivers run iRacing. Um, I think the, the fan base has embraced it. If you look on Twitter after some of these races this week, uh, the new NASCAR fans that haven't seen iRacing before, I didn't see anything bad, nothing, nothing. Everything was positive. So, uh, we're blowing up guys. This is it. And with that, we'll see you.